What's up, everyone? Daniel Shalom here, back with another episode of the Sports Cube podcast. We have a lot to get into, but first off, we have an interview with former New York Islanders broadcaster and current WFAN and News 12 sportscaster Kevin Dexter. Joe Stapala joins me on that interview to break down the current situation in the NHL, MLB, and NBA and our predictions as this all moves forward. Additionally, we break down European soccer as Messi was back on the field and also the Coppa Italia went down and the finals are set for Rome. All this and much more coming right up. Stay with us. European soccer was back in action this weekend as Messi and many more took the pitch. Messi and Ronaldo back in action. Messi was playing against Mallorca for FC Barcelona in the La Liga. Barcelona would not stop in that game, being ever so dominant and going on to win 4-0. Messi, of course, shaving the beard, looking like he used to, a little younger. But anyways, after a three-month hiatus, it's great to see such a player with such skill come out here, score a goal, two assists, lead his club to the win. And they're hoping to keep that winning going as they play next week against Legandas at home at the Camp Nou for their first home match since the quarantine has taken effect. On to the Serie A, where we had Coppa Italia action. In the first matchup, it was Juventus versus AC Milan. Juventus, the home team in this one. Going in, it was tied on aggregate 1-1. to Juve, of course, having the advantage because of the away goals. In this one, it was a crazy, it was crazy times in the 14th minute. Ronaldo would get a penalty kick, which he would strike off the left post and it would bounce out. But then seconds later, after AC Milan cleared the ball, Milan player went right in foot to the head of a Juve player, and Milan would have to go down to 10 men in this one. And there was no coming back for them, especially saying how tough this Juve team is. But then on top of that, having to come back with 10 men is just so, so hard. So they would not be able to to, um, overcome the feat, which would allow Juve to book their ticket Final score, 0-0. Juve's going to Rome for the finals. And then on the other side of that, it was Napoli versus Inter Milan. Just like Juve and AC, Napoli did have the advantage on away goals 1-1. But early into this one, the striker for Inter Milan, Christian Eriksen, would net a goal. Bang, it's 1-0 Inter Milan on aggregate. But Napoli wanted a quick response. And they did it. They would then score one to one. But then the sealer, the deal that the one that made the match, everyone knew it was over, was the one and only Dries Mertens. He would score the goal, and I believe around the 50th minute, and he would give Napoli the win. On top of that, though, Mertens with that with that goal has scored 122 goals and is now Napoli's all-time scorer. And it was a big goal to score because they are going to the finals in Rome for the Coppa Italia. Again, I don't know who's going to pull through in this one. Napoli is kind of an oddball team. They are in the Champions League currently. They are in the finals of the Coppa Italia, yet in Serie A, they are lower to the table compared to the Giants like Lazio, Juventus, and also Inter Milan. I believe Napoli is around the 7th or 8th spot, although I'm not completely sure. But it's going to be a hard feat for them, but I'd love to see them pull off the victory. We're just going to wait to see what happens. Our interview with Kevin Dexter and Joe Stapala right now. Before this, let me tell you about Anchor. 
If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to Sports Cube. I'm your host, Daniel Shalom, bringing you the latest in the sports world. And we have a great interview today. We're joined alongside Joe, T- Joe Stapala, our NFL analyst, and Kevin Dexter, Hofstra broadcaster, and also broadcaster for WFAN and News 12. Kevin and Joe, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, Joe, you have our first question? Yeah. What's up, Kevin? Uh, how has your quarantine been? Are, are there any uh, are there are there any fun projects ahead? Uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting. I'm sure same for you guys. It's definitely um, been a different experience to you know be hanging out at home most of the time. Uh, glad that things are seem like they're on the uh, you know up and up here over the last couple of weeks and been able to get outside a little bit more and of course be socially distant and and wearing a mask and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been good. Um, work has definitely been a little bit different to, you know, I've done some, some radio, uh, you know, updates from my kitchen table, which is something I can't say I expected to uh, do a couple months ago, but it's been, um, it's been fun and it's, you know, been nice to just kind of hang around and, you know, I miss sports though. So, uh, it'll be good to have that back here, hopefully in the near future. Yeah, of course, Kevin, who doesn't, but let's just jump right in. Of course, the NBA is coming back. They laid out their plan to return. The Nets are a solid team so far. Do you think without a fully healthy Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant uh, without leading them, do you think that they still have a chance of possibly capturing the title in the 22-team playoff down in Orlando? Sure. I mean, I think any team has a chance in this format. That's what's going to make it, I think, even more interesting than um, a regular playoff. You know, as we know, in the NBA, it's not all, always the league that has the most parity, right? You can kind of expect a group of, you know, five or six teams to be in contention. And those, you know, rarely do you see a team from outside that elite group uh, end up as a contender. Uh, and I think this year, pretty much any team has a chance. Uh, you know, obviously, with the news the last couple of days from the Nets that Kevin Durant won't play and Kyrie Irving most likely will not play hurts their chances a bit, but they have talent on that team. In Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, um, they're a solid playoff team. And I certainly think that if things break right, they can be a contender just like, you know, I feel like a handful of teams now just because of the format. You don't have that home court advantage, right, that certain teams might benefit from. So I think they can certainly get hot on a neutral court and, make some noise. I mean, whether they can win the whole thing is it remains to be seen, but can they certainly surprise some people and win a round or two? I, I certainly think so. Now, Kevin, the uh, one of the top prospects of the 2021 NBA draft, Jalen Green, is going into the G League. How will that affect all the leagues, the G League, the NBA, and colleges? I'm very excited to see that. Uh, he is a tantalizing prospect. Um from just from what I've seen highlights on YouTube and, and the like. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how this affects, you know, the G league in the sense that we're going to have more eyeballs on the G league, which I'm obviously all in favor of. Um, 
it's going to be an interesting setup because that team is not going to play like a normal G League schedule. So like, I'm not sure if, if me with the Long Island Nets, we'll, we'll see them come through. Um, but it will be more eyeballs on the G League and how that affects, you know, NBA teams planning. And you don't have guys, you know, like LaMelo Ball that we saw going overseas and, and their ability to scout guys like Jalen Green. And then how does it affect college basketball, right? If, if more of these top prospects uh, decide to go this route, if it seems like it works for Jalen Green and a couple other guys who have already signed up for it, does that, um, you know, force more guys to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to skip college, I'm going to go the G League route? And does it really kind of put an end to the college basketball as we know it? I mean, there's still going to be so many kids that will play college basketball because they aren't good enough, quite frankly, to go straight to the NBA or straight to this G League path and then right to the NBA after that. But uh, some of the top prospects, that kind of one and done era, the guys who the past you know, 15 years have been going straight to college for one year, then to the NBA, that might you know, dry up because of uh, this G League program. So it will be very interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, for sure. And um, how do you think uh, with the offseason, of course, uh, delayed, do you think that the NBA is going to be or some teams affected saying that the season is supposedly going to end in October and then start back up in December with only there being a month of offseason? I like it from the perspective of, I think, starting the season in December and having it run through the summer just from like a, you know, a selfish NBA sports fan perspective. Um, I think that a lot of times those early season games, most of the focus is on the NFL. Uh, you have postseason baseball, of course, in October, and then people don't really get as into the NBA until, you know, around Christmas time. So starting in December to me, and then, you know, I'm not personally a huge baseball guy i'm much more of a basketball fan than a baseball fan so to me those kind of dead months right we're in july and august when you don't have anything going on but baseball you have the nba playoffs at that time you know to me that makes those months even more exciting so i'm fully in favor of a december to august schedule i know probably some players aren't because then they give up their summers right if you're making a deep run into the into the finals but uh the thought of them playing basketball deep into the summer, I think would be just a cool thing for the sports calendar. And again, those two months where there's little going on will now be two of the more exciting months uh, of the year. So the NHL is doing, is doing something similar to the, to the NBA uh, 22 team playoff. Um, Who do you see coming out on top? What do you think about it? Yeah, well, that, that's the big difference between the NBA and the NHL. Usually, like I said before, is the parity, right? Usually in the NHL, I mean, we, we've seen eight seeds win the cup recently. Um, so you usually have any team able to make a run in the NHL as opposed to the NBA. And now, you know, even more so, just like I said with the NBA, I think the uniqueness of this format will allow for any team to really make a run. It's hard to pick a favorite right now. I mean, you would think, okay, you know, the Boston Bruins were the best team in the regular season, right? Can you say for sure they're the favorite, right? Um, Because the way that, you know, could they come back rusty? Could they get picked off? I mean, last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning were by far the favorites and they lost, they, they didn't just lose, they got swept in the first round by Columbus. So I think that as a you know kind of a unique hockey trait coupled with how unique this format is going to be just kind of coming back playing a couple exhibition games and boom right into the playoffs i think we could see some wild stuff and i think it's going to be great for the fans uh because you're not going to be able to predict 
you know, those upsets. And we could see a, a matchup of two teams we certainly didn't expect in the Stanley Cup final, that's for sure. Now the Rangers are actually in the playoffs after almost after basically being out of them before the pandemic. Um, how far do could you see them going? Well, I think that's probably the most intriguing matchup of the first round. Uh, Rangers are the eleven seed of the twelve in the Eastern Conference, and the Carolina Hurricanes, who they'll play, are the six seed. But the Rangers beat them four times in the regular season, and you know for those who are paying close attention, the Rangers were playing. Much better hockey the last you know month and a half or two months of this season before the shutdown than they were early on. That kind of got them back into the you know the outskirts of the playoff race. Um, so I, I think they certainly have as good of a chance as anybody to get by Carolina because of those things. Um, you know I think anybody like I just said any of the twenty four teams I think could get hot and win. Um, obviously I think the Rangers being one of the lower seeded teams is going to have a little bit of a, a more difficult road. Even if they do win that first round series, then they're going to have to play a Boston or a Tampa or a Washington in the second round and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, a path is going to be difficult, but I think any team that gets hot that has, you know, talent like they do and can have a hot goalie, which we saw Igor Shesterkin do, you know, since he came up from the AHL and had that great run uh, in February and early March, you know, I think they have as good of a chance as any of those lower seeded teams for sure to uh, make a run. And yeah, Kevin, talking about uh, just the NHL playoffs in general, what do you think about the um, hometown Islanders? Of course, you broadcasted for them um, a couple years back, but how do you think their teams evolved? And do you think they have a shot of making it past the Florida Panthers in the first round? Yeah, I think um, this actually sets up really well for them because of the health factor. Teams now. I think this is also, this is a, just a side note. I think teams in general are more healthy now than they've ever been because, you know, every player is going to have four or five months off. So most teams will be at full strength going into the playoffs, which is something we don't usually see, right? Usually teams are beat up going into the playoffs. And I think the Islanders are one of those teams that will benefit from that. They uh, lost Adam Pellick, their best shutdown defenseman in January to a torn Achilles, and he will be back and healthy. They were playing without Casey Sezikis, arguably, you know, one of their two or three most important forwards, the guy who kind of makes them go, their energy guy on the fourth line. And Cal Clutterbuck had missed most of the season with a wrist cut on his um, a skate cut on his wrist, rather. So those three guys will be back and healthy, and that's going to be huge for them. And before Adam Pellick got hurt, they were one of the two or three best teams in the league, and they had not played as well after he got hurt again in early January. So I think now having him back healthy, the whole team healthy makes them a very dangerous seven seed because, you know, if you figure those guys stay healthy all year, they could have been, you know, in the top two or three teams uh, in the format. So I think it, it definitely sets up well for them to, to have the potential to make a run as well. Unlike the, unlike the NHL and the NBA, who have come to an agreement on their plan, the MLB has yet to do that. What do, you, do you think they'll get their act together and return to play? Or It's, it's really tough. I mean, um, I think people just from you know reading and, and talking to some people, I think people are getting kind of less and less optimistic by the day, right? Um, that we're going to see some sort of season. It, it's kind of disheartening because it's not – as much about the safety protocol at this point. It's more about the bickering between the owners and the players over money. And I think what's kind of, um, you know, in my mind, you know, sad about it is that I'm not sure 
that they realized that by just having no season could do more, you know, financial damage long-term than, you know, taking a hit financially by playing this whole season without fans, right? Or let's say only 25% of fans in some, uh, in some ballparks. So uh, I hope they come to together with something, but right now, just all the, the reports that you're reading, it looks like if they don't figure it out within the next you know week or so, it's going to be hard for them to have enough time to play a you know 70 something game season and really make it worth it for them to come back. Yeah, Kevin, I couldn't agree with you more, but also the, the worst thing about the MLB is that the minor league system is going to be so heavily affected. How do you think the MLB is going to cope with that saying that all their minor league teams are going to make no um, financial profit this year? Yeah, that's, it's tough, but that's also like the nature of minor league sports where they rely a lot you know, they're in smaller towns and cities for the most part, right? And they rely a lot on the fans coming to the games in order to make money. And if you have no fans, you know, it, it hurts their business model. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's going to be uh, hard for teams, I think, in the long run because they're not going to be able to develop those prospects in the same manner that they would have. And, you know, you think of I, – I can't think of one specific example off the top of my head, but you think of a team that had, you know, a really highly touted guy in AAA – and they were hoping that this was the season maybe that they would, you know, get over the top for their development and, and be a key part of the, you know, major league team, let's say by the end of this season or next season, that opportunity is gone now. And I wonder how it's going to affect some of the top prospects uh, in the game and if guys will fail to reach their, you know, maybe potential because they missed this season. Me and Dan, you were both, we're both Hofstra University Broadcasting Program students. Um how, how does it feel to train the next wave of broadcasters at Hofstra? It feels even better to be on their podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's great. And I mean, guys like you make us proud, right? Because you're taking our advice and now you're, you're starting your own podcast. You're doing this stuff and you're taking what we taught you and you're, um, you're taking it and, and using it and you are creating your own platform. And that's great. I mean, it's one of the, the best things that I do because, you know, you guys, you know, people like you two come in and you you learn from us and you take it and you run with it. And we're seeing, I mean, I've been around there long enough now that we're seeing kids that came to us in high school that went on to college, now have graduated college, and now they're working in the field. And that's really cool to see that, you know, that progression from a 15 or 16-year-old in our class to now a you know, 22, 23-year-old going out and, and actually working in the real world and working in this field and, and using the lessons that we taught them. So it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a definitely a lot of fun over at the Hofstra uh, School of Journalism. Kevin, thank you for your analysis. Uh, we enjoy you being with us. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Of course. More Sports Cube coming up. And before we wrap up on today's episode, I want to touch upon one thing in the PGA. Of course, it was back this weekend. And it was actually a very exciting matchup down at the Charles Schwab Invitational in Fort Worth, Texas. It went to a playoff. It was Colin Morikawa versus Daniel Berger on the playoff holes. And Colin Morikawa, a young player, he had a chance to win the Charles Schwab Invitational. It was a four-foot putt, and he was looking to win it. He lines up for the putt, and the significance about this putt was that if he missed it, he would lose. So, But if he made it, he would keep going. I think he would win. So Morikawa steps up, putts it. The ball rings around the hole, does not go in. Daniel Berger goes on to win this one. It was a lot of fun, though, at the Charles Schwab Invitational. Good to see our sports coming back. 
And I'm very appreciative to have, of course, our guests, Kevin Dexter and Joe Stapala on the show. They mean a lot. And of course, if you like the show, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, hit us up on IG. We're looking for some people, so don't be afraid to DM us. And of course, until Thursday, peace out.